0: Right, I've put your script on your desk. We're all good to go. Excellent. Here, yeah, can you believe Christmas has been and gone already? I know. Time flies like Rudolph with his jenk on fire. It was a smashing Christmas day, mind, wasn't it? It really was. Yes, you got a hop. Are you still liking it? I am, yes. That's good. But if only someone had left the record button pressed in the studio on Christmas
1: Day... Hmm? <sighs> ah! <sighs> the food's been eaten, the drink's been drunk, and the presents unwrapped. Job done, gentlemen. Quite.
0: And can I thank you both for my Sue Pollard signed picture disc of starting together? I had no idea it came with the Cerise Berry. Only the best for you, Bognops. Of course. There's still that big bugger of a present in the corner to
1: unwrap. I've got to say, I've been wondering what that is all day. I was waiting for of you two to mention it.
0: Judging by the size and shape of it, that's got to be a fridge-freezer-sized mini-bar.
1: Is it definitely for us? Because I'm going to open it, mind. Yeah, sorry. Let's do it.
0: Well, whilst you two are taking care of that, would anyone like an eggnog?
1: No, but I'll have a drink. I'll put the kettle on, then. There's a label here. It's in crayon, and it just says, From Ken. Well, it's... Unidentified, that's what it is. Two
0: seconds. There's a lead coming from the back. I'll plug it in.
1: Good morning, user. Thank you for activating your new computer, the audio review search engine.
0: us That's a bit rude. What are you doing? <gasps> no, that's the acronym. Producer Ken's bought us a computer. But is it any good?
1: Well, good news. There's a disclaimer mode. The following audio-popular casting programme broadcast contains references to excessive consumption of alcoholic beverages as well as potentially offensive verbal profanity. Listeners should proceed with extreme caution. It's a bit... wordy.
0: Just let the listener look and read.
1: Now for the ultimate test. Here, us. When Ozzy's boiled the kettle there, what's going to be coming off the top of the cup when he brings it through? And sure... Miss, Sophie.
0: Miss Sophie! Oh, I think he's gonna fit right in, don't you? Ah, such fond memories of a Christmas day, marvellous stuff. Anyway, gentlemen, we must get to work. Our listener is here, which leads me to say Hello and welcome to the Peggy Mount Hogmanay Hour. Oh yes, indeed. To start the show and get us in the mood here to accompany our signature tune is Grenadier Jamie Lethbridge Stewart. And his bag, Peeps? Well, that was shit. I quite liked it, actually. So, yeah, all right. Um... Should we crack on with it, gentlemen? Yes, sir. Now, before we do go any further, something a little bit special. Um, if you do want to
1: count down to the new year with us, that is possible. What it is, Ars has got like a time travel module on him. So Ars knows exactly how long this podcast is going to be by looking into the future. So we're going to count down to midnight when it gets to midnight. Um, Ars, here. Oh, Ars, man. Um, if a listener was to stop this podcast now—not now, now listener—but I'm talking to us. Hang on. If a listener was to stop this podcast and start again from the beginning, what time would they have to do that so they could count down to midnight? Calculating. Twelve minutes past eleven and ten seconds. There we go. So that, So that's all you got to do. So just yeah. If you wanna. If you wanna join in at midnight with us, stop the podcast now. And then don't start it from here, start it again from the very start. I know it's complicated, so is time travel. Trust us on this. Um, yeah, do that. What time is it again, Ars? 23.012 and 10 seconds. And there you go. It's as simple as that.
0: Anyway. <sighs> All that aside, thank you, dear listener, for tuning in to our Hogmanay special. I'm Dr Velvet. I'm Blackout. And I'm
1: Ozzy Bognops. And we're here to talk about... Some New Year telly? Yes, hello you. Thanks for joining us for our casual cultural critique of Hogmanay Television, where Britain's best-loved battle axe is never too far from our minds, because here, all roads lead to the mountain. If you're new us, you can find info and links for the programmes we're discussing over at PeggyManPod.com, as well as links to our socials and all of the places you can listen and subscribe. Before we forget our old acquaintances, I've got to ask, what are we drinking? Well, because we have something of a Highland flavour, I'm on the Talisker. Oh, good man. Oh, okay. Good
0: man. What about yourself, Mr. Pognops? Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are fond of a sherry, aren't you? Yeah, it comes in a big bottle.
1: Can't argue with that. Mr. Blackout? I've got a McEwen's Headspace, which is, and I quote, Scotch whiskey beer.
0: Nice. Heavens to Murgatroyd.
1: And yeah, nice. it's all right. It's not quite as pokey as one would imagine, so you're fine for drinking at least three or four before you move on to the McEwans champion.
0: Of course, yes, and then the best scotch, of course.
1: OK, drinks
0: in hand. I think we need to raise a glass and propose a toast to a decade soon to pass.
1: Hello, and a happy New Year's Eve to you all. By the time this programme ends, it will be midnight, the end of the year, and the end of the 1970s. (laughs) Yes, the 70 Stop here. This is as much a televisual resume as a retrospective to round out that decade. Hosted by Penelope Keith, this is the last programme to be broadcast on BBC One as the clock ticked towards midnight on the 31st of December 1979. It presents a broad swathe of clips from comedy to costume dramas, confirming this to be the most desaturated decade, and that includes all of the black and white ones. So I'll start, gentlemen, by asking you: Do you remember
0: New Year's Eve 1979? I do indeed. I was watching this
1: very programme. Oh, excellent. I'm glad one of us has done some research. <laughs> yeah. Not, not yeah. only had
0: I actually watched the programme, but I remember my dad turning over at midnight to get the chimes off ITV because he didn't like the BBC ones because they were too loud. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So the volume button in your house didn't work on the TV? No, then? on the oh. flasher it didn't work. No. <laughs> right. No, we didn't right. have a flasher in those days. Just, no. He was just a window cleaner. No. Boom, bomb Hello, no. Stuart. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I I kind of remember 1979. I, I sort of remember it. Uh, we had... The good old days were playing. But um, me folks had people around the house. And then um, I was I was in bed, actually. I, I, there was babysitters around, but I was in bed from 10pm 10 10 or something. Right. And uh, me mum and dad came in from uh, being out uh, with a whole load of friends. And then me dad came up and was like, right get dressed um, we're going to some house parties <laughs> i'm six at this point so mm-hmm. um yeah get me clothes on. and away and away we went around the uh, around the village to just going from house to house to house to house because that happened in those days yes um, it we, we've kind of lost that down the way and had a grand old night so 1979 new year's eve is a pretty good memory for me didn't see this program but mm. i enjoyed this i agree with you
1: question to the group before we go any further okay New Year's Eve these days. Uh-huh. In the house, quiet evening with a few friends, a bigger party including people you don't know, or a full on pub crawl?
0: Neither. Oh, in that in the in the house with people, not a pub crawl. I wouldn't st- I wouldn't step out that door on New Year's <laughs> Eve, to no go to a pub. I totally get you. That's Those right, days yeah, are yeah weird. we're all
1: yeah, we're all very much on the same page here then. That's all I just yes, you. it's yes, just me yes. now that I'm middle aged. So Penelope Keith. What a way to end the 70s. Was her intro filmed after everyone on the BBC had knocked off for Christmas? Yes, um, by her, and I think she'd set the cameras up as well. Yeah. I love that she opens this show by talking about herself for two minutes.
0: Exactly, yes. I was just
1: about to say. Surrounded by the deafening claustrophobia of deserted studios and dressing rooms. Yeah, that's right. There's not a fucking soul in there. It's just her rambling away to the camera going, I think we might use this one for a take if I don't say fuck again. Uh,
0: (laughs) And I reckon on the 2nd of January, everybody came back and said, who's been here? (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) The woman is demure. She is class. She is Mayfair. She's absolutely class. She is tweed by Lothric, and then we just smash cut to uh, a shot of her just suddenly in the wardrobe department, then we smash cut again.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's clearly the same camera with the same orcan autocue on it, which she reads like this. Oh, I don't think she does a bad job. Well, the B for bitch draw was inspired, but I bet that's not her (laughs) line.
1: (laughs) Well. So on one hand, I think it's very cool that the last thing to be broadcast on BBC One in the 1970s was Mm. a retrospective pulled together from their own inimitable archive. Mm -hmm. On the other, I think it's fucking typical of the BBC to make the cheapest possible sign-off by putting together a fucking clip show.
0: Well, you say that, but I mean... That's all this
1: is. But my point
0: is this. Look what you get
1: nowadays... You get, you
0: know, half an hour of interviewing people who do not want to be on television or who have a record to plug. Then you have the chimes, then you have the fireworks, then you have the rest of the evening's entertainment. It used to be 12 o'clock, then a film, then... And for everybody at home, didn't forget to turn the set off. That was it. So Mm -hmm. I don't mind this at all. It's a rather pleasant hop through a field of wildflowers, Basically, they've ransacked. I reckon Penelope and Keith actually cut it all together as well. She just pulled all the tapes <laughs> off the shelf in the archive. Talented woman.
1: <laughs> yeah, they grouped together. They grouped together loosely by the subject, like you know, sort of some some sports, music, comedy. There's even like a real just for like Miss World highlights. But there's little to no commentary for most of these. It's literally just, look, here's a thing you remember from off of the telly as you sit watching the telly. I bet you wish you'd gone to that party down the street now, don't you? Happy New Year, twat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I think though the clips speak for themselves, uh, and I think the clips that they have chosen are quite well selected. I think they do give you a flavour of the entire. If an decade. alien landed, if a, yeah, if an alien landed on the lawn, and providing it wasn't Arthur Clarke's house, because he would dismiss you. Yes, um, you're your very in existence in blue trousers, in 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 beautiful sky blue slacks, correct? would standing, would be standing, be standing um,
1: there, going, "That's not aliens, that though."
0: It, it really would. He really would. Uh, you could hand them this and say, "Oh, well, there you go. That's the last ten years here on this planet." Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think it, it tells a pretty good story, including uh, the guy who sent his gran up on a on a kite. Yes, Peter Powell. I looked at it, and all I wrote is Peter Powell. No, not that one. Featuring the music Oxygen, which, of course, in those days was to define the future.
1: Uh-huh. indeed.
0: And then you cut to Angela Ripman on Morkman Wise, and then. Well, Angela Rippon. Yeah. Whoa. She was still cock in the 70s. Let me tell you, though, that montage of Eurovision artists, th- those th-
1: each one of those songs was brilliant.
0: Absolutely. All-
1: I loved all of those. I loved all of those. But to be fair, I think the credit for that can go to Eurovision, not to this programme. Correct. Correct. Yeah. True enough. <laughs> yeah. But
0: let's not forget that the 1970s was the year the BBC had produced more Eurovision song contests than it ever would ever again, ever. Well. With some wonderful uh, talkback available on a streaming service near you. Absolutely. Run the roller! Run the roller! Run, so, yep. Exactly. Hang fire. Ken, play the tape.
1: Eight. Seven.
0: Six, Are You with me, Ronnie Hazler?
1: Five. Four. Ronnie. Eight, two. One. Sound. Sound. If you cut the sound, put the sound. There's a fuck all sound in here. I'm not. I'm touched on normal. Jesus. No, but I
0: mean, jeez. Bloody organization. <laughs> you stop this cow. Cue the remote.
1: Stand the roller. Stand on the,
0: roller. The, roller. Stop the, roller. the roller! Get the roller back! Get the roller back! Bloody idiot! Some talk back from behind the scenes at BBC Eurovision in the 70s. Love it. They should have put that in, this clip it show. Did. They should have put that in. They, they asked to run the caption roller, but the set was a massive revolve, so the guys heard, cue the revolve, so they set the revolve off, and the caption roller's st- run at the same time, and then it gets stuck, and they can't roll it back. So at the end, they've literally, they have the whole song and all the captions don't happen. And the only thing you see is production, Stuart Morris, BBC, 1977. So we leave the Eurovision montage and then it's on to 1977, the Queen's Jubilee. Yes. Um, And the exiting shot from Westminster Abbey with that cape blowing in the little wind that's going on there. That is like something out of an MCU
1: trailer. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes no it love is that. that that fucking aerial shot yeah it's oh, yeah. absolutely yeah. insane
0: love that absolutely it's terrifying the St Paul shot terrifying but I would love to to go just... back
1: a little bit further yeah go on um, well to that point actually yeah. do you remember what, what? do either of you remember what you were doing for the Silver Jubilee there was a street party uh huh just around the corner from the village where I lived at the time. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. it was in the village, just around the corner from my house. There are some family photos of the street party, but I don't think I'm in any of them. Probably because right. I had a face like a slapped ass. I wasn't enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> right, fair enough. Because they were doing this thing of going like, here, have some trifle. Here's a bowl of trifle, and there's me being like, uh, what four at the time? Going, I don't like trifle. No, no, yeah. have some trifle. You know what they're like? Have, have some, some trifle. trifle. You, you can have have that. It's nice. No, yeah, you saying it's nice. That's not going to change my mind, is it? That's still your opinion. That's not a That's fact. Right. I wasn't saying this as a four-year-old. You know, I was more just there, going fuck your trifle.
0: I know that we had there was three parties going on in my village, but I don't remember. I've seen photographs of them, but I don't remember being there. But right. I do remember because I was four years old, and it was it was the year before I started primary school. But mm-hmm. I was I was at nursery school, and I remember being outside in the nursery garden, and we were all eating. Uh, the chocolate cornflake cakes, if you like. You know when you uh, make yes, cornflakes? Uh, yes. Eating those and it was a really hot day and it was the red, white and blue and everyone was, was cheering and all that. I didn't really know what was going on as such, I don't think. Yeah. But I was just loving the fact that there was that, that air of celebration. We had the day off school, um, and there wasn't a street party as such, but there actually was a sort of a, a village fair, if you like, which was in the schoolyard. So we had the day off school and we went to school. Um, <laughs> right. And I've got a mug. I've still You're got there as the a mug. five-year-old.
1: Going, I'm being fucking conned here, mind.
0: Yeah, I've so got. I? I've still got the mug. Um, have you? Oh, is it the mug with the queen on? Because I've got that. Yes, it's it's uh, silver, sort of mass-produced on white porcelain. Um, I feel yes, really
1: I'm, bad because only rec- only very recently, I've gotten rid of one of those. If I'd known uh, that, the three of us could have had a party tonight. I'd have fucking brought it along in the studio. You know. Oh,
0: it's never mind I'm a you have, just have a go on my pop bingo You'll be alright, it's fine
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: so, we um, uh, back to the clips then um, The other thing was Porridge I absolutely love the audience reaction Because that's another thing That seems to be missing from Stuff uh, through the 80s, the 90s And into the 21st century That mm. kind of reaction To that yeah. kind of script Yeah, 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 I, I couldn't agree with you more uh, the trend is less and less for it to be audience-attended sitcoms, yep. but uh, yeah, it's a trend. It's whatever. But you just can't—you can't beat that traditional studio setup with the audience there. Absolutely, you can't. Yeah. So we uh, we move on and move on to a documentary called "Let's Go Naked." Uh, I yes. dropped. I dropped me drink. Don't know about yeah, you. I was
1: horrified for this entire segment.
0: Mm-hmm. I have to confess, all I noticed was they had thin, thinness cock in the freezer.
1: <laughs> Yes. Good God. I did notice they're wearing shoes to walk around. And I'm like, that's fucking cheating, mate.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: I get it. I get the practicality of it. But there's Poss- also a practicality to clothes. So fucking pick one. Indeed. <laughs> you
0: know, Black shoes, black gloves, look like a five of spades. Thank you, Eric Morcom. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> and then we cut, ironically, and I think this is some videotape engineer having a great laugh, cutting from posh people in the raw to Fanny Craddock. Love it. Yep, Absolutely love it. And and the, the TV clip that brought her down. Absolutely ruined her entire career. Gentlemen, I think we've exhausted this clip show as much as the BBC exhausted the contents of their archive. As something to mark the end of a decade in televisual terms, how many pegs are you going to put on the line? Blackout.
1: Well, they haven't even used what we now know were the best clips of the decade. It's just some shit that was on the telly. I knew we got that idea from somewhere. Uh, two out of nine. Wow. OK. Woo! So, someone's got a, yep. a Christmas bag hangover, Ken?
0: In, yes. Woo! <laughs> Just because uh. we've got a
1: robot doesn't, doesn't mean I'm, you know... How about you, Doctor?
0: I'm all for retro me.
1: Seven out of nine. OK. And Go on, Mr. Bognops.
0: Um, For me, um, my reasoning is that I've always loved this period the 60s, 70s and certain amount of the 80s of BBC television however I think a lot of the clips were imbalanced in duration because they tried to cover too much in a short space of time so they left a Mm. lot of good stuff out and the stuff that was in sometimes went on too long and so Mm. for that reason I give 6 out of 9 at, up until this point all there was was things like ask Aspel and you know the occasional sort of end of year show from a particular strand of BBC programming that would say oh could we see don't tell him Pike again or That's oh, right. could we see the, the 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 kite and granny again you know and that was it that was the only time you got to see them
1: yeah I think I was expecting something closer to sort of I love 1973. That obviously we didn't get until right. the late nineties. That it was, it was yeah. far more of a format, then it was far more packaged. It was more, more yeah yeah, sort of more talk- talking heads, heads more yeah. analysis, more you know even just like a, a rough, Absolutely. just cutting to reaction shots of ten celebrities saying exactly the same fucking thing in an annoying way. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't yeah. mind. No, I-, I don't mind that it wasn't that, but I'm thinking you've literally got Penelope Keith out of her armchair and into Television Centre to do three shots that she's had to film herself. Then you put her in a sound booth and five minutes later she's gone, I'm done. What? What? I'm done that. My script's only one page, man. Yeah. Just, she says, fuck all in that. It's ridiculous. She Absolutely gave waste.
0: up after about two uh, announcements and the caption boys only put about three in and then they yeah, gave up know. as well. So,
1: Mind you, a bit of mm. trivia for you. Penelope Keith used to be in a band with Keith Richards, Richard Marks and Mark Knopfler. They supported Uriah Heep for about four years in the middle of the 1970s, but because they didn't release any albums no one talks about it. It's true that you look it up.
0: I think I'd better. Right, after all of that, blackout.
1: How many steps up the mountain? I can do it in two. Do so. Penelope Keith was a central feature of the good life, of course, along with Paul Eddington, who rocked up in nineteen fifty six as Sailor Beware with Peggy Mount.
0: Now tell them what else you've done. Excellent. Strong work.
1: Oh, nice. Thank you. All. Nice. How about yourself, Mr. Bognops?
0: Well... Penelope Keith was in 1978's Hound of the Baskervilles on a roll call with... Irene Handel, who appeared in the 1960 comedy In For Trouble with... Peggy Moon. But a woman who spends her life apologising, you're not doing it very well,
1: are you? <laughs>
0: Lovely. Can I just say, Ozzy, well done on the uh, the choice of bell. Was it a bell, or were you indeed smashing your house up? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Doctor? Two. OK, Penelope Keith starred in the 1983 sitcom Sweet Sixteen, next to Joan Blackham, who starred in The Flora's Big Mistake episode of You're Only Young Twice, with... Maggie mom. Stay where you are! Fantastic stuff. Brilliant stuff. Isn't it though? Isn't it though? Marvellous. So we're not going to rest on our Hogmanay laurels. It's time to pour ourselves a wee dram while you listen to this.
1: Chips or jacket sputs Will it be salad or frozen peas Will it be mushrooms fried onion rings You'll have to wait and see Birdseye introduced Steakhouse Grills Pure ground beef that you cook like a steak And serve like a steak What will you give your old man with his Steakhouse Grill Hope it's chips, it's chips We it's chips, it's chips. Bird's Eye Steakhouse Grills Now in lamb as well as beef I recommend the porridge, the alabert is nice You can say without any reply But show them Kellogg's brand Flakes That's a different matter, they'll all reply They're tasty, tasty, very, very tasty They're very tasty Would you care for yogurt? The green flakes are nice The continental breakfast ain't bad. But show them Kellogg's brand Flakes That's a different matter, they'll all reply They're tasty, tasty, very, very tasty Kellogg's brand Flakes You know, this could catch
0: on was them by the new year things because they do look beautiful Buy things there we go sorry i'm just pouring myself another telescope i'm bracing myself it it is 1985 we're gonna go live to the nation all the way from across the border sorry if you're scottish and listen to that i'm really sorry if that offends you but if you think that's offensive
1: Next up is the New Year Show, as we watch Scottish Television's Hogmanay centrepiece, broadcast on the thirty-first of December, nineteen eighty-five. Presenter Jack McLaughlin opens with a smattering of gags, which go down about as well with the live audience as alcohol-free whisky, before introducing a bewildering array of guests. A happy Hogmanay.
0: Hogmanay, Hogmanay, come and join us! I'd sooner have a sinus watch with soot. I mean. Could could I anticipate a reaction with you two gentlemen about the show that we've watched? Yeah. Yeah. And can I can I use the word agog? Yes. Would, would, that, that, dance, would, would that that? It's not in
1: my notes, but I'd say that's fair. Yes. That sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we open with this sort of chaotic, curly going on. Is the the campus meal
0: dancers that we've <laughs> ever seen. The campus meal dancers, this north of Berwick-on-Tweed. I'm telling you now. Yeah. And the thing is, when they do anything, that when the girls join them, they start the evening by doing some nice, gentle Scottish Highland dancing. Later on, they appear to do what I've written down here as the hump and run, because that seems to be that what passes for sort of yep. trendy 1985 choreography but it essentially is lots of arms in and out and thrusting.
1: Yeah, we opened this sort of chaotic, Kayleigh, the Alexander Brothers Party Band, accompanying these couples just whizzing around the STV studio set, which is lit up like a fucking hospital, just to rob the aesthetic (laughs) of any kind of ambience and remind the viewer that they're joining the action live from Austere, Glasgow.
0: question I have is, how long has the action been going on before we get there? I reckon it's been a month.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah so, probably, certainly probably days, if and not the weeks. Host, yeah.
0: Who has a cold shouts, Are you all in a good mood? And the reaction from the audience indicates the words we were right. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> First of all, the audience, my theory is that they are, are just all relatives of the production staff. Absolutely. They are a, yeah. they are a
1: tough crowd, but we'll get to that later. We will. Yeah. Uh
0: mind you, the the fashion sense in that crowd <gasps> is absolutely <gasps> spectacular. It is. Sensible twin sets. Well, that but satin and bow ties really <laughs> seem to be a thing. Yes. I'll, bring this, I'll bring up the I'll bring up the barrier later on. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> My host for the evening, um, he'd be paid off at the workman's Club, mind. Oh, him. he wouldn't get first turn. <laughs> he wouldn't get first turn before the bingo. I tell you, he really wouldn't.
1: Good Lord! Once again, we'd uh, just like to apologise in advance to any listeners in Scotland. Anything we say in this is nowhere near as bad as the program itself as has already been pointed out but we do need to reiterate this
0: very very seriously and on a serious note cue someone who's taken themselves far too seriously yes ladies and gentlemen it's russ abbott russ Russ abbott who was clearly i mean rolled up sleeves of a purple brown jacket with shoulder pads with point can i point out yeah can i just correct you
1: bog a silver satin blouson
0: a silver satin blouson
1: Yeah, I've got a bolero jacket that's so shiny, I think it may have been developed by NASA.
0: Yes, (laughs) right. But what wasn't developed by NASA was the light entertainment pointy finger style of, hey, I just happen to be here, and I'm going to sing whether you like it or not.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. bonus point, it's 1985, he does not sing Atmosphere. I'll give him that. Was this the sequel Mm -hmm. to it? No,
0: this is the third song. (laughs) Let's
1: go to the disco.
0: Where the music takes you the highest
1: simpering bland filler material. it tests the very top end of Abbott's vocal range, goes beyond it, in fact. Next door's dog was going fucking crackers when I watched this. Perhaps <laughs> most importantly, this would never be played in a disco.
0: unless it was the disco was full of people who thought that wearing a jade green shirt and black oh, slacks went God, with a God. silver satin blues on. It's fucking right? excruciating. Let's let's just. I'd just like to go back to the, the the substance of this song, which is what I call "Dalai Lame because the words. <laughs> let's, let's go to the. <sighs> let's go to the disco where the music takes you high, and when you get to the chorus, you realise that not only does it take you high, but it takes Russ Abbott well out of his comfort zone as a singer. <laughs> and I use the singer in in quote marks. The moment he's introduced and he's stood there ready to go on, he thinks he's Freddie Mercury. Oh yeah. unfortunately he's more like freddie davis back to mine host (gasps) that jumper Uh, the jumper was funnier than his material well of course it was
1: i'm glad i watched this on my laptop because in the old days i would have thought the test card was coming through
0: his little monologue um involved Rudolf hess let's keep it let's keep it light yep exactly
1: this exactly this
0: one for the bairns and the fact that he thinks people are stupid i quote his line He's
1: just arrived from the USA, the other side of Aberdeen. That doesn't work, mate. Bit of trivia for you. When the Gregorian calendar was introduced in 1582, an obscure bylaw exemption in Scotland meant that their years now only lasted 360 days, so the dates crept ahead of the rest of the UK as a result. This was rectified eventually, but it meant that New Year was banned north of the border between what we now know as 1955 to 1960, while the calendar righted itself. Hogmanay was invented as the celebration was reinstated in 1961. It's true that. You can look it up.
0: I think I'd better. I would like to draw your attention to Mr Alan Stewart, who appears next. You because took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. No, I think we're all thinking the same. He yeah. can sing, but he's doing comedy and impressions. And they booked Russ Abbott, who can do comedy and impressions and is singing. <laughs> is there a problem in the STV contracts department at this point? Discuss.
1: I like that Alan Stewart has to do these vague impressions just to deliver his jokes, in a four-minute set. He has to start this after one minute because he knows that the audience will fucking stab him if he carries on as himself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the joke about the chalk ice is actually utterly unbelievable that it is actually 1985 and not 1935. Yep. What I will ask is this... Uh, why have we got a Scottish comedian Obsessed with impersonating Irish comedians Yes I've wondered that Well he, think, he thinks that's what he's doing Well he, he does yeah you're right But Frank Carson, Jimmy Cricket, Eamon Andrews Which Jeez. is just painful But yeah, yeah. again
1: this goes back to the Christmas shows um, More than one impressionist that we covered He seems to arrive at this conclusion Of I can do an accent That's the same as doing an impression isn't it That's exactly that's right. the same Because yeah, yeah. all Irish people sound the same So it must be right yes yes alan yes
0: (laughs) no it's a fact and if if the three of us had watched this together we should have had a little bet on as to how soon the guy sitting in the audience was going to punch him in the face yes michael michael yep michael michael Uh how when when did, did he actually kiss him i can't remember he did on the cheek That's right, and the look his wife gives him. Uh huh. Yes. I mean, the end of the song. He would normally go into a song, and clearly he's been told Abbott's on here, no fucking songs. So he does a joke about the floor manager telling him to stop. No, no, no. Your entire career is telling you to stop, as the floor opens up and (laughs) swallows you alive. And then off he goes. We have a panning shot which includes a woman sat on the stage with a beautiful beret. Yes. The beret and, and the outfit. What? What has she come as? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I see where you got the idea for my Christmas present from. Do you not know, well, <laughs> right? I confess. And then we pan across once again, and of course, it's Blackout's favorite, Lena Zavaroni. Hey. Blackout,
1: take yep. it away. Here she is, looking like one of them wool ladies that sits on top of a toilet roll, <laughs> doing a rendition of Old Lang Syne, which sounds like it's been arranged for a week Jesus. <laughs> After Russ Abbott and Alan Stewart, at least they can rely on Lena to bring the pace crashing the fuck back down. Well done, Lena. Well well, done.
0: And can I just say something to you at this point, Blackout? It comes to a pretty pass where, you know, the UK's favourite, Lena Zavaroni gets upstaged by an inset shot of a fucking clock. (laughs) You bring me to something here. So, this... Is this
1: what what I've got written down as well? Go on.
0: It will be. This moment... Uh-huh. where she's singing, is to coincide with midnight and yep. the clock's chiming. Yep. They have mastered temporal physics at STV because that clock advances three minutes in 25 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just so that she can end, just so that she can shut a hole in time for the for Big Ben. Which comes to my next point, which is, she's singing to a backing track... There's guys up in the gallery with stopwatchers. Uh-huh. What the hell Panigan. happened? Exactly.
1: I like the way that we have to cut back to Big Ben for the chimes at this point. It's like they're relying on permission from the English to continue the party. Well done. Well done, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I, here, here's something I will say, right,
0: that they did get right, OK? There's a certain sound going on with the mic... Yes. That I really thought I'm in a pub here, and once the accordion came out, oh yeah, I was in a pub with my mum and dad uh-huh. back in the seventies. And in, in L- so they got that sort of sound right. Yeah. But then again, you see, we've got to we've got to speak to the expert here because, of course, Mr. Blackout, you do have Scottish roots. Did this show talk to you?
1: Uh, it did, but it was largely unintelligible. Yeah, right.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I also have Absolutely. I, I have one step removed Scottish roots and not only did it talk to me, it shouted at me like one of those guys that's usually got four cans of tenants and a Scotch egg <laughs> standing outside of an unnamed station anywhere in this country, needing seventy seven well, pence to make up his bus fare home to our broth.
1: Yeah, you know, I did approach this with sort of like a you know, a bit of a soft spot for you know, let's let's sort of see off Kind of find it all a bit twee yeah. a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but that's fine. We're mm-hmm. watching a show from '85. If it's going to be twee, it's going to be twee. But it's more like they've got Russ Abbott on because he happens to be doing a show over in Edinburgh. Yes, you know, it's about mm-hmm. thirty miles away. They can pay for a taxi over, maybe a hotel yeah, for the yeah. night. That's fine. You know, you're getting a you're getting an English guy in your Scottish show, but that's fine. Because apart from that, there's a lot of Scottish entertainers in that, so no problem with that at all. That's right. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. which 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 character? Russ Abbott's, do you think it would be the least fucking appropriate for this oh, new that, year oh, show? Yeah, oh, yeah. yes, yeah. It's, it's, um, it, it's way past fucking cultural appropriation. It's just flat-out xenophobia. Yeah, can you do James McJames, please? Yes, on, exactly. On Scottish... It's like a seed for the independence referendum. I can't say I blame for it at all. No, I agree.
0: And the song that they sing after Zavaroni has sung "All Lang Sign seems to be 43 other songs mashed up and transposed up an octave which yeah. is kind of and then you have Hooked on the regions. as I say if you're Irish come into the parlour we'll keep a welcome in the hillside um, the accordion player looking at the wrong camera for most of the entire night and then they finish with that well-known English tune The Lambeth Walk yes there's nowhere else other than London in England Disgust. <laughs> uh, well yeah who was the person singing Crystal Chandeliers because I quite oh, like that oh now they... here you go um, this is Sydney Devine Sydney Devine yes. there you go what all rise
1: all rise ladies and gentlemen yeah, For Sydney absolutely. Divine's battleship grey slacks and an open-neck lemon shirt.
0: Indeed, absolutely. he looked like Michael wailing, Barrett with the bandages off.
1: Wailing through crystal chandeliers <laughs> like he's been hammering the gin since Boxing Day.
0: Indeed. <laughs> now, I'd like to bring to your attention the fact that this well-known New Year's song or the crystal chandeliers light up the paintings on your wall... This is he is singing to an audience who expressed little fervour at singing Oh, You Can't Shove Your Granny Off a Bus. (laughs) Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And then how do you tell everybody that the song's about to finish? by shouting Whoa ho ho at the top of your fucking voice to tell people <laughs> it's the end. That's not the best of signs in my book, I think. Fair. I mean, as as Blackout quite correctly pointed out, Battleship Grey Slacks are going to yeah. win it every time. Though, oh, oh you? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. They're absolutely. robust.
1: He changed his shirt later and he keeps the slacks on. He's not changing them.
0: He does. Yeah. He don't, No, he's not. No, are his trademark. Then, thank fuck, we have a commercial break, which brings us into something called Munagy 86. Oh, it my does. God. He's, that-
1: he's, he's, have we all got notes on this?
0: I, I, remember I remember Monagy. I remember Monagy as well. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. remember this. I'm just thinking, oh, I do.
1: why uh, are, 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 on Scottish television are you running an advert full of English people talking about saving money? Mm-hmm. It just seems a bit patronising and, again, racist. <laughs> well, like, I
0: think yeah. it's the network. Tell, tell, the be-
1: Scot- tell the Scotch people they'll enjoy saving money. That's what they're about, <laughs> isn't it?
0: I don't think these were network ad- I think these were the network adverts I don't because obviously yes. it was uh, south of the border as well but it's interesting that they use the word munergy which is a portmanteau of money and energy because I thought it was a load of sensationalist shylocks which is a combination of shite and bollocks <laughs> right and I spent Love three it. days trying to think of that fucking line. <laughs> it was appreciated. We co- we come out of the break and into now we come to uh, somebody who, after a bit of poppy Scottish dancing with the hump and run, we mm-hmm. end up with yeah. a comedian called Andy Cameron. A vision. Oh, he was in... a comedian, was he? Apparently so. <laughs> a vision in terracotta and crimping. <laughs> yeah. Then he opens his myth and makes a load of jokes that were. Deeply offensive, and all what, I can what? say is, for me, the playoff music was better than his act. He's the Glaswegian
1: Mike Reed. Don't, 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 don't. That's in my fucking notes again. <laughs> Andy Cameron appears to be a Scottish Mike Reed in a brick red blazer and a striped tie, which makes him look like a fucking coach driver.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I can't understand a fucking word the man's saying. Yeah, <laughs> but whatever it is, it's absolutely sincere. It's sincerely offensive. (laughs) Yes,
1: indeed. (laughs)
0: It really is. Man, there's no hold bar here. Um, Peter Morrison's next. Nails. Nails. Uh Hard as nails. I just love the fact that not only does he have a red jumper, but he appears to have mahogany hair to match.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He does. He does appear to be both Mulligan and (laughs) O'Hare.
0: Yes, yes. And then you actually get the shopping centre Mulligan and O'Hare in the next uh, act, which is the Alexandra brothers. Uh I love them. I love them.
1: Mind everyone that is clapping like fuck when they're on. These guys know how to work the room.
0: They do? Man, they do. But Uh there's a reason for that. There's a reason for it. They sing one of those Scottish songs that's got 66 verses which are all crap. (laughs) I love them. Yeah. Dog knobs, you're wrong. You're wrong. No, I'm not saying I, I no. I, I'm not saying I dislike them. I'm just saying that <laughs> all the verses of the songs are crap after the first one, but everybody it's, knows them. It's like a sort of it's like an organized yeah. religion. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, kind of what what Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, I'll tell you what I love with this, right? If they'd just cracked on, if they'd just performed for an hour, a concert of them. Same set, same setup, all cool. the rest of it. Just sack off the comedians and all that uh-huh. bullshit. Yeah. Just have have the Alexander brothers, yep. our friend in the singing crystal chandeliers, and Peter Morrison. I have <laughs> sat glued to this. Now, thoroughly enjoyed it. Indeed. Whoa.
1: And then, then Sydney's back on. Oh, he's yeah. out with a lemon shirt. He's wearing yeah, something he from a deck chair. Uh, yes. and as noted, he's still got the slacks on. Why? Why is Sydney? I mean, Sydney, divine. That sound. It sounds like a drag act. Fair play to the man. Um, why is he intent on touching every female in the audience? is he, though? What f- the fuck are we watching?
0: While he's singing Maggie, he's gesturing for the audience to join in. Yep. Nothing.
1: Yep. Nothing. Again, we've yeah, th- we've all basically got the same notes for this show. I love this. Uh, he basically starts berating the crowd for not joining in with the singing, and it's like, that's what you're being paid for, man. Yep.
0: <laughs> but there is another yep. element here that's one of Sydney Divine's biggest hits. ...was Maggie.
1: They don't know that. Yep. They don't know who the fuck he is. They want the well, Alexander the, brothers back on. But no, <laughs> no hang they, on. They, they, no, they do love him. The ones he's touching, they don't <laughs> fucking love him. Don't want to know that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They used to love him, but not
0: anymore. Yeah. Um, the, no, the compere mentions, he says, that. No, we, we all know you're waiting for Sydney Divine coming on. Like, that's the only reason they've turned up.
1: Oh, yeah. I think he's taken the piss.
0: It's I think Sydney Sydney,
1: I think Sydney has told him to say that.
0: Are you inferring that the Compare knows comedy? because that would be slanderous. Absolutely. What a dreadful, dreadful act. So then we get to the end of this absolute shambles and of mm-hmm. course, of course, who headlines the Obviously, end? obviously.
1: Yeah. Why wouldn't Good. you get Russ Abbott to close the show as his Scotch character again, repeatedly singing the words see you to the tune of Amazing Grace? It is excruciating... It'd be you will not be surprised to learn that STV was burnt to the ground at three a.m. on January yep. the first, nineteen eighty-six,
0: and the ground was plied with salt. I tell you, because <laughs> let's let's consider the facts here. "Amazing Grace" is a song very, very uh, close to a Scotsman's or a Scotswoman's heart. I mean, at the ending for all its um, <sighs> they needed something to run the credits <laughs> over. That's it. Well. Did, Dare I say Gravitas, because it isn't. Uh, but but uh, it's it's very anticlimactic, I it's think. It's this weird the, yeah. sort of
1: yin-yang we've picked with the two shows we've watched. I yeah. do, I genuinely believe the first one was aired by the BBC for people who weren't going out and he uh-huh. basically had no fucking business being up at that time of night. It's just yeah. filler. It was put on, there you go. Yeah, yeah,
0: whereas yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. this is a
1: show that's put on for people who are pissed. <laughs> Who can't get out? You get, you get, yeah, you get to the end of the show, and they're like, "If they're still watching the telly, they're not concentrating on it. Not now. It doesn't matter what we do. End with fucking Russ Abbott leading, possibly the most egregious sing-song he could fucking do in yeah. this studio. Yeah, <gasps>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I love the only that. the only way pitch- it could be worse is if he then burned a haggis. <laughs>
0: I'd love to see the pitch for this programme way back in pre-production. So, who's our, who's our target demographic? The Pissed?
1: But it was like <laughs> a recurring pitch. show. They just happened to put it out yeah. nationally this yeah. particular year. I don't think they're fucking dead after this. It's <laughs> just now you keep that shite, thank you. Uh. After
0: that, it's like, fuck, cut to the fireworks, cut to the fucking fireworks. That's all we need, cut to the fireworks. So, after all of this, we've gone through it, we've had the chimes of midnight... We're at the end of the New Year show, 1985 going into 1986. Good Lord. Bognops, how many pegs are you going to hold in your hand and present to someone as you knock on their front door as their first foot? Well, because you should normally carry a lump of coal, I am going to use the charred remains of three pegs. There you go. And the reason is very simple. Scottish television could do better than this. And back in the day, there's a famous quote that the man that started the company said that it was a licence to print money. And I think in this programme, we've just seen a licence to burn the fucker.
1: <laughs> Fair. Fair. Yeah, this is... Precisely as desperate to please as I would expect from regional television Punted onto the national broadcasting circuit Before they've had time to submit the purchase recs for a proper set Four out of nine from me Four, All right. oh, okay What about yourself, Dr Velvet?
0: I am going to, now this is going to sound bizarre, but hear me out I'm going to give it five right. Because the, the musical aspect of this show Okay Create, recreated an atmosphere for me from when I was a kid. I mean, the Alexander Brothers, oh, right. everyone else, yeah. fine, 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 superb, superb. The rest of it was effectively Xenophobia the musical. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what we've watched. No. Uh, so, yeah. Five, five out of nine? Five okay, me. that's very, very nine, strong. Yeah. But well, then the question comes, Doctor, um, mm. how many steps up the festive, frolicking mountain of xenophobia are you willing to take? I can do it in two. Fire away. Right, as well as entertaining us here, Andy Cameron popped up in a 1988 episode of Rab C. Nesbit. There you are. Along with Ian Cuthbertson, who appeared in 1988's Punishment Without Crime with... Peggy McMount. Those
1: flowers. Now my ring could have fallen off while I was
0: doing that. It's worth a try. Ah, Lovely job, fabulous.
1: That was me. Blackout yourself. Well, I can take my first foot forward and also do it in two. As well as sedating us here, Lena Zavaroni hosted her own BBC show, which at one point guest starred Bernie <coughs> Winders, who cropped up in our old favourite Night of One Hundred Stars, along with Peggy Mount. <laughs>
0: With that thread, you'll have the whole seam undone. Well
1: done, well Marvellous. done, Etienne, wh- Which only leaves the one and only, the inimitable Mr. Bognops.
0: Right. Okay. So, um, <laughs> as well as appalling us here, Alan Stewart was the eponymous force behind 1979's *The Alan Stewart Tapes*, which also featured Jack Douglas. Who was in the end of the end of the Peer show with? <phone rings> McPeggy McMahon. It's all come back to me! <laughs> I know where it is!
1: Fantastic work.
0: Wonderful. There Wonderful. We are. Marvellous Love stuff. It. Thank you, gents. Love it. And not only that, gentlemen, but timed absolutely beautifully because. As I see by my Casio digital watch, it's just about to turn midnight, a countdown if we please. 10, 9, nine eight, 8, 7, seven six, 6, 5, 4, four three, 3, 2, two, two
1: one. 1, Happy New Year. Year!
0: Oh, that's wonderful, absolutely a Happy New Year! A sincere Happy New Year to you, dear listener. Thank you so much for listening, absolutely. And of course, in true tradition, which is what New Year's all about... Blackout's got your socials.
1: Yes, thank you once again for stopping by. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email peggymountpod at gmail.com or we are at peggymountpod on the Twitter. You can also find us by searching for the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour on Facebook. Don't forget to go to peggymountpod.com, check out the show notes for this and for all of our episodes. We will be back later in the new year.
0: It's as simple as that. And you know what? I will once again stress, please look at the show notes for the new year show please click on the link to watch this programme because it has <laughs> do, to be do, do seen do to be believed. Buy oh, yes. the
1: things and watch this programme. Absolutely. absolutely.
0: You really must, you really must. All right, it's uh, just about time for us to vanish into the new year and see what it holds. Thank you, dear listener, for listening to us throughout this year. We wished you a Merry Christmas. We're now wishing you the happiest of New Year's from myself, Dr Velvet. From me, Blackout. And from me, Aussie Bognops. Wherever the New Year takes you, make sure that you
1: keep counting!